come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The from outer space. And we're off. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we have fully moved into the new studio space, got everything set up, and we are ready to go on this one. Now, who do I talk to about a uh, better parking spot in our new location? Because I had to park like three blocks away. I would hope I would get some VIP valet service. We're moving on up in the world. We'll talk to someone about that for you, buddy. <laughs> Enjoying the new studio for the time being. It's once again the podcast from outer space. Racking them up. It's your boy Rob Scott. Adam Narlock's in the house tonight. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And as always, Ryan Scott. Greetings, Earthlings. And tonight we are focusing in on the pyramids in Egypt. Yes. A long time coming on this episode after many setbacks. Um, But, (laughs) you know, we have adapted and overcome and... We are finally covering, you know them, we all love them. We've heard the tall tales, the legends. We've seen Brendan Fraser and Pinky in the Brain, the pyramids. What about uh, Tom Cruise? Forgot that guy. Yeah, well, that was trash. <laughs> now, I believe it is Rob, our very own Rob, who is constantly bringing up the pyramids in reference to numerous topics we've discussed, aliens being the main one. Um, So tonight, we are going to focus on the mysteries and theories of the Great Pyramids of Giza. Um, I'd say, you know, these are probably some of the biggest mysteries still around today. Would you guys agree? I would agree. And, you know, I know it's something that's fascinated me my whole life. Uh, Probably one of the things I'd go back in time, if given the choice to see. Apart from Young Hal. <laughs> yes. What about you guys? If you could go back to see one event in history, what would it be? One mysterious event. Mm. Let me field this one first, because one of the biggest mysteries still around today are what what our very own Rob Stone does on a daily basis. I would love to go around and figure this mystery out, get Scooby-Doo on this shit. Well, once we get the YouTube channel up and running, we can do a day in the life of Rob. <laughs> It starts around 11 a.m. So no, don't I don't want this an investigative topic for another time. Now, what would you like to go see? Uh, some dinosaurs? Oh, some uh, dinosaurs? That uh, was your favorite as a kid. That's not a mystery, though. They obviously existed. Some Scooby-Doo people say they don't. A, mystery. a lot of NFL players say the dinosaurs were <laughs> mysteries, right? Oh, yeah, okay. 89% of the NFL is on drugs. So oh, what does please. that tell you? Okay. So you're saying the dinosaurs don't exist? No, I don't think that at all. I He's said some NFL. NFL players do. Okay, well, dinosaurs isn't what I would want to go see. What would you want to go see? That's what we're asking you. You said a m- mysterious event. That's yeah, not, so dinosaurs doesn't fall under that. Okay. Well, where do you want to know what happened to Yes, you? we're no longer arguing about the dinosaurs. We are in agreement with you on that. It's what would you like to go see? I mean, I think I would agree with you. It would be interesting to see how the pyramids were actually built, since no one seems to fucking know. Okay. Now, before we get started, how about some facts, some knowledge right off the dome from you two clowns? Um, (laughs) What did you guys learn in school about the pyramids? I mean, I know I learned it was these 
slave it was slave labor mm-hmm. that pulled them these giant blocks with these ropes up like uh low grade inclines with like uh like trees like um they had the branches off the trees so it was just logs and they rolled them and you know they would keep going and keep recycling the logs what did you guys learn see here's what's crazy to me like i'm teaching middle school sixth grade and these kids are learning about Egypt, ancient Egypt, and the pyramids. I didn't learn about this until I was like a sophomore in high school. I don't know about you guys. Oh, I mean, I I've learned what about middle it. school. Did you? Guys <laughs> yeah, <that>? what? <laughs> you went to PA Middle, didn't you? Well, I went to middle school in Washington, where we learned about like Canada and Mexico and stuff. That's it. Yeah, That's how you learned the whole year. Pretty much, and then uh, yeah, when I moved to Virginia, it was like Civil War on, and then government. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's just Washington State because Lexi has very questionable high school knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I remember learning about them in like elementary school. Mm. Like it was one of the first things we cover, which is weird because I feel like history, at least when I was going to school, moves from like, oh, we start with the beginning of time when you're like really young and yeah. then we move up into like, you know, by the time you hit high school you're just learning about like uh i don't know agriculture shit like that Bo- real boring shit <laughs> but, uh, what are they teaching today in school teabag like i said i teach sixth grade and we start with like ancient ancient civilizations out in uh like the tigris and euphrates the whole point being irrigation is the foundation of life and eventually we work our way a little bit to the west, and you're in Egypt, and boom, you start talking about the pyramids, man. Well, you know, we might just shatter some of that knowledge tonight with the stuff that we've dug up here. We might. Um, Probably uh, not good to teach 10 and 11-year-olds what we're covering tonight. Maybe. Oh, excellent to well, teach them well, this stuff. We'll make sure they get in on this. Yes. Now, are you guys familiar with Prince of Egypt? Because that's what I always thought. Exactly. That was, was one of yeah, that was one of my earlier exposures to how the pyramids were built. And it's got, you know, the guy's cracking the whips and yep. Moses sees it and he's like trying to save it. Now, is that even um correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not too familiar with the Bible. Um Moses, did he have any connection with the pyramids? I don't know about the well, according to Prince of Egypt, yeah, but I mean Baby in the basket, found in the reeds. Bastard in a basket. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I'm not correct, Moses wore red socks, Adam. Is that right? (laughs) Okay, so... Don't mess with a man wearing red socks. (laughs) So that's what we know, basically, is that we learned slaves made them when they were kids. Anything else that you guys know right off the dome about the pyramids? But that's just a lie, just like the Bible. That's what we're learning. (laughs) What about you? Any other... uh, any other crazy facts or anything you want to get off your chest before we get into this? No. Okay. <laughs> so, slaves built it, but that is not the case, is what we all know and we're raised to believe. So, let's start with some cold, hard facts. Lay the groundwork, if you will. Um, located on the continent of Africa, in the country of Egypt... On the outskirts of the city of Cairo, about five miles west of the Nile River, on the Giza Plateau, lies three pyramid complexes known as the Great Pyramids. Now, this is, of the original seven wonders of the world, they are by far the oldest, 
uh, predating the others by thousands of years and the only one still in existence. They are also accompanied by a massive statue known as the Great Sphinx, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Keep that in your back pocket. Um, So the pyramids themselves, uh, the pyramids of Giza consist of, now you guys might have to help me out with these names, the Pyramid of Khufu, constructed anywhere from 2560 to 2540 BC, allegedly, air quotes, you know, nobody really the fuck knows is what I've gained from researching all this stuff. All the aliens that built them probably know. (laughs) <laughs> the the smaller pyramid of Kefren, a few hundred meters southwest, and then relatively modest size pyramid of Menkaru, Menkare, or Mykrinos, right? Looks good. Mykrinos, a few hundred meters farther southwest. And then the Great Sphinx lies on the east side of the complex, Along with these main pyramids, there is several satellite structures known as Queen's Pyramids, Causeways, and Valley Pyramids. Now, our main focus tonight is going to be on the Great Pyramid of Khufu, because this is by far the biggest mystery. And, you know, what? just what is so mysterious about these pyramids, you may ask? Just what is so mysterious about them? Well... <laughs> No one can answer? Is that an actual question? Yes, that's a question. Yeah, that's yeah, a I didn't question. know if it was rhetorical or Yeah. Well, no one seems to know how they were built or around what time they were built. There's all these guesstimates, but no concrete evidence. Yep, and no one can agree. That's the big thing. So they've got there's basically like two camps. There's the Egyptologists who are like, you know, the guys who have spent their whole lives researching this, like uh, Rachel Wise, is that her name from The Mummy? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. her character. And then there's what's known as Pyramidiots, who think that it's aliens. You're making this up. I swear, I swear to God, that's an actual thing. They think it's uh, it's called, they call them Pyramidiots. <laughs> and, you know, that's like the people who think, oh, it was some crazy aliens some space aliens came down and and taught everybody how to make these things so people are actually thinking that four thousand years ago is that yes, the time four, frame we're talking yeah around four thousand approximately you know round give or down take, round up yeah. you know round up definitely okay so four thousand years ago there were, these motherfuckers were building how heavy are these stones we're talking? Oh, now we'll get into that right now. Oh, we'll cover so, that later. Here we go. We'll cover that right now. I just said. Okay, but I'm saying <laughs> so, there's no way these guys were moving that around with little carts 4,000 years ago. Carts? You learned about carts? Yeah. You didn't say that earlier. I did not know about any carts. Well, it's bullshit, so it doesn't matter. Okay. It says right here in the sixth grade textbook, you know, no beast of burden, no special tools, or even the wheel. Okay, send me that because I'll post that on the Instagram account. Okay. okay. Um, a snippet from a modern day, modern day, modern day sixth grade textbook. History alive. Okay, so peep this. So, um, Pyramid of Khufu, constructed of two point three million blocks, ranging in weight from two point five to fifteen tons apiece. It's got a height of four hundred eighty-one feet, give or take. You know, with um, weathering and erosion and each base 
side is 756 feet. Um, the total volume <laughs> is 91,227,778 cubic feet. And it is also estimated to weigh a total of 5.9 million tons. Now, that's around 110,000 Panzer tanks for reference. Oh, great reference. <laughs> yeah. So a majority of conventional construction theories suggest the pyramids were built by moving stones from a quarry and lifting them into place. Um, there's tons of disagreements on what methods were used and how this was even possible during this time of alleged construction. Now, going off common Egyptology, what are we shaking our heads at? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just thinking, you know, that it's very hard to believe, again, 4,000 years ago, that these assholes are moving around. 15 ton bricks and putting them into a perfect pyramid with wood tunnels, mm-hmm. you know, tombs, which we'll get into secret entrances. Okay, so now going off common Egyptology theory, it is estimated that the pyramid took the just this is just Khufu's pyramid took 20 years to construct. Some argue 10 to 14, but 20 is the most agreed upon number. Now, going off of 20 years of construction, they would have had to move 800 tons a day. That's an average of 12 blocks an hour, day and night, 24 hours for 20 years. I mean, imagine this is your job, man. Half the day, you're just moving these big-ass bricks around. No, not half the day. This is 24 well, hours. I mean, yeah, but you're not working in a 24-hour shift. Well, maybe back then. <laughs> maybe, yeah, we had nothing else to do but build pyramids. Maybe. Yeah, and, you know... Again, another thing to take into consideration. I mean, you know, you, me, Rob, we're pretty big guys. Back then, people were a lot smaller. That's true. I mean, have you been up to uh, Balboa, to the Mummy Museum? That's true. So, no, that, have you been? That's a question. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I'm saying, I'm looking at these freaking pharaoh tombs, and they're like the size of my leg. Like, these are little kids over here, and they're... You know, responsible for building these things? Mm. Well, the pharaohs weren't building them. That's still. number one. Well, that's still the average size of the people. That's and I the would think the best nutrition. Yeah. And I would think the sleep. pharaoh would be the biggest guy, yeah. you know, the alpha. <laughs> so we're thinking, <laughs> Don't we're know about that. These people are even smaller. So, you know, some, you know, just like we were raised to believe, say slave labor was used. Prince of Egypt, most notably, but it has, um, you know, basically been proven nowadays that a force of skilled laborers and craftsmen built them, with around fourteen thousand to forty thousand men at any given time. I believe I was reading it was like forty thousand men at peak, um, you know, building times. And once again, you're telling me there is forty thousand skilled laborers to just go ahead. Oh yeah. Got nothing better. Fifteen to do. tons, do well, it every day. It's I don't fine. Think we'll go it ahead was... and get this constructed nonstop, twenty-four hour shifts. Exactly, and I don't think it was like we're saying. Oh, they had nothing better to do. I think they were greatly compensated for their efforts. Mm. But you know, by the aliens. Yeah, we'll get into some theories a little later, and you know, we've all got some theories on this. And so, but you know, let's keep going with uh, the the facts. You know, we got to get. 
down to the bare bones facts so our listeners can, you know, digest this information and come to their own conclusions. Connect the dots themselves. So the pyramids were covered in these things called casting stones. And many of the casting stones and inner chamber blocks fit together with extreme precision. Now, is this anything like the casting couch? No. (laughs) Okay. Not to be confused with Faye Reagan or the casting couch. Um, You know, the openings of the joints are only one fiftieth of an inch wide um, within the inner chamber. And the base is horizontal and flat within a little over 0.5 inches. And the sides of the base align with the four cardinal compass points going off of true north, not magnetic north. Um, the Great Pyramid is more accurate in alignment than our modern-built Meridian Building at the Greenwich Observatory in London, mm. which is what all all time is based off of. Right, right. Um, now, no records have ever been found on the process the Egyptians, if it even was them, used, uh, which is why this is, I believe, such a heavily debated topic to this day. Well, that's crazy because they're one of the first people to have, you know, the hieroglyphics and everything. They're one of the first people to really have like a history written down, recorded. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's like, um, what's the gentleman's name? Um, Arthur Clark, uh, the guy that wrote 2001 Space Odyssey, he puts it really uh, well. Um, if you've ever read the book, which is also an upcoming episode, um, he says like, you know, what allowed our civilization to advance so quickly is written down language. Because well, sure. you look at other species like, you know, apes, um, dolphins, which are very intelligent. Like they don't have any sort of written recorded history to like You got to learn from teach. the past. Yeah, dude. exactly. Yeah. Well, dolphins can't really write, so. Hey. Hey. They're the ones that left when shit started going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> so long and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> now, um... So what is the purpose of this Great Pyramid, you may ask? So the pyramids of Giza and other pyramids are thought to have been constructed to house the remains of deceased pharaohs who ruled over ancient Egypt. I mean, this is the most common, you know, this is what we learned, right? They were tombs. So what's in the textbooks today, um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's still in the sixth grade textbook. You got it. So a portion of the pharaoh's spirit called his ka was believed to remain with his corpse. And uh, proper care for the remains was necessary in order for the former pharaoh to perform his new duties as king of the dead. Uh, It is theorized the pyramid not only served as a tomb for the pharaoh, but also as a storage pit for various items he would need in the afterlife. Again, this is what I learned. It's like he took all its riches with him because he would need them for the afterlife. Now, remember that because that'll come up a little later. And... uh, the people of ancient Egypt believed that death on earth was the start of a journey to the next world. The embalmed body of a king was entombed underneath or within the pyramid to protect it and allow his transformation and ascension to the afterlife. So, you know, now that we've covered the bare bones facts and the most agreed upon purpose, we'll get into... The shit that nobody can really agree upon or explain. Um, Now, again, this isn't everything. And again, you know, we're not architects, uh, we're not engineers, and we're not historians. 
No, we are not. So we've just pulled some of the things that, you know, I think is very interesting and fits together with some uh, common theories. Uh, so one of these things is the measurements of the pyramid equal pi. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but... You already said that. <laughs> I believe it's something like the height and then the base, base like times height. Yeah, it's like it's something like that equals pi, and there's like a spiral. Pi is also spelled P-I, not P-I-E. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm just putting he, that. Hey, he's no mathematician, right? Yeah. The guy already said <laughs> these it. are my internal notes over here. You know, nobody's reading these but me. Where's your computer today? Oh, would you like to share with me? Okay. You know, it's like some. Uh, you know, watch some breakdown of this on pie because I, again, I'm not a mathematician. Now, are we talking about pie that you eat or? No, we're talking about pie the number. And I've seen with you. Um, it's like this spiral thing where they used to build it. And uh, I was honestly confused by the whole thing, if I'm being honest. But a lot of people think, You're oh. confusing me just talking about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, I failed you. And they think, oh, they put this in here <laughs> on purpose. Did. Some people think, no, it's just a coincidence. But anyway, you I know. I learned a lot in geometry. None of it was about shapes. They had <laughs> a very. It was about shapes. <laughs> they had a very high level of math. We do know that. Yes, they do. Higher than us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah clearly. Hey, I mean, they were aligning these things with the stars, guys. Hey, apparently, according to this textbook, you know, they invented a system of written numbers based on 10. They also created fractions, so you can thank the Egyptians for that shit. I don't like them. And they use them with whole numbers to add, subtract, and divide. So, kudos, you know. Yeah. So, these guys were very skilled mathematicians. So, also, the chambers themselves are a big mystery. So, you know, there's chambers on the inside. Uh, There's the king and queen's chamber amongst others, and there's these small shafts that, again, were built with perfect precision and a different type of stone and align with uh, certain star constellations, most notably Orion, mm-hmm. which some believe the pyramid complex itself mirrors. Mirrors the belt, right? Yes. Yeah. Now... Um, there's photographic evidence that it aligns, right? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, if you just look at it from above, and then some people compare that with Orion, you know, three pyramids, the three stars of its belt, um, and one of the chambers that's going out, which they said was an air chamber, but apparently with the casting stones on it, they would not reach fully out. Like there was no air; it was just a chamber pointed up at that star system. Now, chamber of secrets, if you will, you might say that. And also, there is no so, how did they get around in these chambers? You know, they didn't have flashlights. Um, did you see maybe they did? No smoke residue Ah. ever found in the chambers. Now, I'm not again, I'm not a fireman, I don't know. (laughs) Does like if you use a torch somewhere, I and it gets residue on the ceiling, would that wear off after a couple thousand years or no? Would that still be? Would there still be some type of evidence remaining? Okay. I don't know, man. Not firefighters here. <laughs> yeah, again, I didn't go to school for fire science, but it's the J science. No smoke residue. So I mean, I'm assuming though, because it's not exposed to the elements, it probably would still be there. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like the inside of the pyramids out in the open for exactly, air exactly. and birds and and that's another to get thing. To yeah. It. It's like one of the things um, I encountered, again, doing all this research is like 
again, there's pyramids all over the world. You know, that's no secret. And <laughs> some people think they're all connected. But, you know, some of these pyramids, they're covered in grass. You know, they've been overgrown. And I think that one of the reasons why the pyramids at Giza are um, so well preserved is because they're in the middle of a desert. Mm, you know, it's yeah. just like the meteor crater out in, uh, was it in Arizona or New Mexico? Yeah, it's just like maybe? it's very well preserved because it's just in the middle of a desert. There's no, no nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No one's out there. Really. No water erosion. Who wants to be on the desert? Am I right? Yep. Now there's also some doors that were discovered. So at one time uh, there were operational swivel doors, and they were massive. Twenty ton doors. We're talking. Uh, these were discovered when the Great Pyramid was first being explored, and at first were undetectable because they fit so perfectly in the openings within the pyramids. Um, and it is said that one could open a door from the inside with minimal force mm. due to how perfectly balanced it was. I mean, keep in mind, this is 20 tons being moved by pushing your hand. So, you know, how did they, how did they cut and place these doors with such precision. How do, were they able to balance 20 tons? This is also a mystery. Nobody's been able to prove this. Well, it's obviously the work of those skilled laborers that they had working for them 4,000 years ago that just knew all these secrets that haven't been passed down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yes, that is an interesting theory, which is one of mine that I've jotted down. We'll get into a little later in our theories segment. Now... Mm. Again, another mystery, the mortar used and this alleged space stone. So no one knows how they were able to create the mortar that was used to hold the stones in place. Um, and it is somehow stronger than the stones themselves. Um, and it is not like any conventional mortar used today. It's been analyzed and studied. And while the composition is known, uh, no one has been able to recreate it. And, uh, you know, it's done a damn good job of holding these uh, structures together for 4,000 plus years. So, again, you know, who knows? No one knows. That's another mystery, another unanswered question when doing this research, which is basically the theme that I've gathered is that uh, nobody knows jack shit <laughs> when it comes to these things. So you're telling me that these archaeologists studying them couldn't just take a segment of that and go figure out, oh, this is what they used in the mortar? Well, they know what they used, but they don't know, like, how they were able to mix it and place it and, you know, create that exact makeup of it. Mm. These pyramidians could not figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Now, and these are Egyptologists. They spend their whole life studying this shit. Now... Imagine getting paid for that. Now that... Uh, oh, that's always fascinating. I wish I, if I could go back to school, I probably would do that. And, uh, study Egypt? Yes. So that brings us into they, this. Uh, let you study that at VMI? Is that one of the topics? No, it is not. Maybe history. <laughs> now, check this out. It's called the, and go ahead and uh, Google this, um, listeners, if you want some more info on it. I just pulled some snippets. Um, this is called the Hypatia Stone. Is that a correct pronunciation? I believe so. Now, Hypatia. Hypatia stone. So, a small pebble was discovered in southwest Egypt in 96, and it is of extraterrestrial origin. 
Um, now, this was not known until 2015 after a, now I don't know what this is, but a nuclear probe and noble gas analysis proved the stone didn't come from any recognizable comets or meteorites. And in fact, it doesn't even appear to come from our solar system at all. Now, this Hypatia stone. Go ahead. Did you have something? No, I'm not no, a scientist. Just putting that out there. <laughs> okay. But I believe that or, noble gases are the gases which naturally occur within the Earth. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. And um, So if that wasn't included in the stone, then obviously now, of extraterrestrial origin. Yes. And again, I'm not a scientist either. So some of this stuff was Clearly. over my head. And this Hypatia stone contains micro-mineral compounds not known to occur anywhere on Earth, not found in any other meteorites, and not known to occur anywhere in our solar system. Based on the analysis and a bunch of, you know, composition terms, they get into a lot of stuff actually very scientific. I won't get into it right now. Uh, but it is determined that the stone predates our own sun. And researchers continue to question the origin of this stone, and its clues only cast doubt over the distribution of elements inside the nebula that we believe formed our own solar system. So again, we've got this stone, and we've got more questions, no answers. Now, this sounds a lot to me like the Infinity Stones. Mm, getting a little Avengers on oh, us. Oh, yes, One sir. One week till the release. Upcoming episode, definitely. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, just this crazy old stone that predates our own solar system. Nobody knows how it got here, you know, because they they did all this testing on it. And it's like the makeup, like usually stuff, uh, you know, asteroids, meteors that crash on Earth. It's like more... Um, I forget what the element was. And then a little bit of carbon. This stone is like totally reversed. It's like more carbon and less of this other element. And, you know, it's actually a whole bunch of scientific mumbo jumbo that I didn't understand. But very interesting. Mm. Now, based on the story that you just told me, that would support my claim that aliens helped build the pyramids. Exactly. You know, we find this little stone. And this stone was not found until 1996. Are yes. you like the uh, History Channel guy meme? <laughs> Sucalos? Sucalos? Is that you? Are you That's my fucking boy, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen to what this man just said, and you tell me that aliens didn't have some part in this. Hey, we'll get into that. They're aligned with the damn stars. All right, all right. We'll get into our theories. Okay. So let's keep going with unexplained shit. So ca the casting stones we talked about again, not to casing be or casting, because you're saying both. You're oh, confusing me. did I say casting? <laughs> <laughs> you said no first. There, you man. said casting, and oh, then that brought up casting. Did I say casting? Yes, that's why I said and then, oh, casting. But then when you're casing. going over your whole spiel a minute ago, you said the casing stone. Okay, I read that totally wrong. There's I'm sorry. no T I'm in there because I didn't get it. Yeah, yes, that would I make sure sense because it encases, it encases the pyramids. It, yes. Casing okay. stones. Go back, re-listen to the whole episode, and just insert casing. Yes, casing stones. Correction. So Super professional. You know, you might ask... What did the pyramid look like when it was built? Mm -hmm. You know, you ever wonder that, you I'm, guys? I imagine it looks like a pyramid. Now, let's put on our. Uh, I'm time wondering why this man couch. has glitter all over him, and I can see it from across the room. I'll explain that because we were actually talking about pyramids. <laughs> Are you hanging out with Tinkerbell today. again? Hey, 
Now, let's put on our time travel caps, all right? We're going back in time. Time travel caps. 2500 BC. 4,000 years ago. Ooh, Mm. the pyramids are being built. Mm -hmm. They are finished. Khufu is finishing the pyramids, allegedly. So, basically, the pyramid was covered in... It was completely smooth. Yes. um, And it was white limestone Mm. casing uh, back in its heyday. And... It was it was so polished and fine that it reflected the sun. So it was just this big shining jewel in the desert. And I think like one of the original names, like in some ancient texts for the pyramid, was like uh, something to do with light. Hmm. And um, the casing stones, um, they actually a lot of them were. There was like this big earthquake in like the fifteen hundreds or something, thirteen hundreds maybe, and. Um, it got a lot of them loose, and you know all these fucking idiots took them to build these mosques and temples in Cairo, and uh, you know there's only a little bit remaining at the base today, but you know the crazy thing is, um, speaking about earthquakes, um, the joints in the bedrock of the pyramids were actually on like a a ball socket. To like withstand earthquakes and stuff. These guys were way exactly. You know how how could this be possible? And um, again, another unexplained phenomenon. And then we got these heat spots. So in 2015, there was a thermal scan which revealed the lower tunnels beneath the pyramid and a few areas in the upper area of the pyramid generated some type of heat. You know, what is this? How can this be explained? Now, one of our theories, which we'll get into a little later, is all about how the pyramid was some type of big, like, uh, power generator, uh, maybe like a power plant, if you mm. will. Um, Solar panels. Yeah, and time. they're saying this is this could be some, like, leftover, uh, you know, technology that we're just, you know, not aware of. So, again, that's another thing unexplained. And right into these underground bedrock tunnels that we were talking about a little before. So uh, this guy, Brian Forster, um, he discovered 20 boxes cut with precision from granite, which uh, if you're not familiar, granite's like one of the hardest stones to cut. And um, each box weighs in at 100 tons apiece. Uh, Experts believe these were burial places for prize bulls, but... No bulls have ever been found. Mm. So uh, great, great theory, pyramid idiots. Um, and the function of these boxes remains a mystery. Uh, some think they were, you know, used to store energy, as we talked about before. Um, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of elaborate tunnels under the Giza Plateau that this guy Forrester theorizes um, they once ran water through them uh, from the Nile as the pyramids were essentially a big power plant back in their time, generating energy by converting water into hydrogen and oxygen. Uh, and this, he thinks this was like long before the pharaohs. He does not credit the pharaohs with building the pyramids. And um, the weathering and erosion and salt buildup on the tunnel walls indicates that water did run through them for extensive periods of time. Hmm. Now, again... That's something we don't know. We can't explain. Right. And um, now we get into um, Khufu himself, the man responsible. So his, it, you know, this was a tomb to him. 
uh, is most agreed that, you know, Khufu had the Great Pyramid built. But when his sarcophagus was found, <laughs> here we go, it raised more questions than answers. Uh, it was massive, weighing in at about a little under four tons. And it is too large to have been brought into the chamber, so it had to have been placed while the pyramid was being constructed. Saying they built around it, basically? Yep, okay. basically. And the sarcophagus was made from one solid piece of granite. And it was hollowed out from within. And it also features holes that appear to have been made with some sort of drill. Now, one of the main books that uh, we did research for on this episode was Giza Death Star by Joseph P. Farrell. And I will read you a passage from this that talks a little bit about these holes. So this guy says that, um, so he's talking about these drills and this coffin. He's got this picture of how he believes the coffin was uh, drilled. And he says that um, in conventional machining, in, 18, in 1983, Donald Rand of Rand Granite Surface Plate Company told him that diamond drills rotating at 900 revolutions per minute penetrate granite at the rate F1 inch in five minutes. So one inch in five minutes, and that's these high-tech diamond drills. Hey, that's like your nipples cutting through anything. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, given all that, the Egyptians would have had to drill into granite with a fed rate, that's the F, that was 500 times greater or deeper per revolution than any of these modern diamond drills. This is like a drill bit. Yeah, like a... Made a diamond. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they would have had to have some kind of power source to yep. power these drills. Yep. Now, they are, now, he does present this. He says that, uh, in contrast, ultrasonic drilling fully explains how the holes and cores found in the Valley Temple at Giza could have been cut. And is capable of creating all the details that um, him and this other guy puzzled over. Now, while we're on the topic of this precision cutting, and, you know, sorry to the listeners that can't actually see this, but if you just research, you know, go on Google, look up the black boxes, Pyramids of Giza, you'll easily find these pictures. These are the boxes which Ryan was just talking about. And all of them are precision cut as well. Mm. You know, many theories about that also being left here by aliens. Now, as I was talking about this ultrasonic drilling. Okay. So that stuff wasn't even found out until the end of the 20th century. But he, he says that this could be like um, one of the ways they could have drilled out this coffin or sarcophagus, if that's what it even was. Um, but, you know... That technology wasn't even around until the end of the 20th century. So they could even be operating on some freaking high-level shit that we don't even know about. Um, Clearly, they were. So, you know, the effort it would have taken them to hollow out and penetrate this granite raises some serious debate. Uh, you know, how the fuck was this accomplished? Ain't no stone and chisel doing that. Am I right? You're absolutely right. And also, Khufu's remains... No one knows where they are. Never found in the temple. Mm. So how is it that these Egyptologists say, hey, this was a monument? 
this was a tomb for Gufu. <laughs> but no remains. Thinking a guy faked his own death to avoid taxes or something? I don't think that was a big thing back then, but... <laughs> you know, these guys are getting buried with all their treasure. Probably some grave robbers, boys. Mm. Well, check this out. Back to your aliens theory. So the Great Pyramid is located at the center of the land mass of Earth. The east-west parallel that crosses the most land and the north-south meridian that crosses the most land intersect in two places on Earth. One is in the middle of the ocean and the other at the Great Pyramid. Now, is this on a flat Earth or a round Earth? This is a round Earth. Okay. Now, we will get into some theories. First one up, aliens. Boom, hit us with it. I've been hitting you with it the whole episode. There's no possible way that 4,000 years ago, there was 40,000 skilled laborers moving around 15-ton blocks, putting them precision in the ground, making three of them, nonetheless, that line up with the stars. Okay. And, you know, we won't even leave it at three. There's pyramid sites all over the damn place. That's true. Antarctica, South America. Hell, there could be some out in the middle of the ocean we don't even know about. Possible future episodes? Possible investors? <laughs> Maybe you. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm being honest here. I feel like there's no way that it didn't happen without aliens. 4,000 years? That's a long, long time ago in a galaxy not so far away, right? Aliens? Makes sense. So, all right, Rob, you think it's aliens. Any more supporting facts for the argument? I mean, there's not really a lot of supporting facts that it's not aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like these guys spend their whole life researching this shit and still don't know anything about it. How about you, T-Bag? What is your consensus? What do you think? Well, I'm, I'm intrigued by this spending your whole life getting paid lots of money to research shit and come up with no answers. How do we get that <laughs> exactly. job? Exactly. Is that, I mean... Is That's that... basically what we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my check? <laughs> so, another theory going off of, uh, you know, Stargate film is a landing pad for an alien craft. Mm. What are we thinking about that? We touched a little bit up on that when we were talking about Mount Chester, right? Yeah. I mean, not pyramid. Well, but not pyramid. It's a tall, triangular at, Well, surface. there is apparently a pyramid on another vibrational frequency um, that is an intergalactic and interdimensional portal above Mount Shasta. Mm. So you're thinking something similar with the Pyramids of Giza? Maybe. Okay. Um, another thing. Now this, I'm a big proponent of this one. A lost technology. You know, there was some civilization that was far more advanced than us, um, or maybe, you know, just as advanced, or maybe advanced in certain facets, not so advanced in others. I mean, think about this. And here's a question for our listeners out there. So there was this, there was this uh, textbook I had in like seventh grade, sixth grade, don't remember, it's all a blur. And... Um, we had to read this short story. I have no idea who wrote the short story, but this kid basically like fell out of this like um, portal, this dimension, and he stumbled into our world. And these hunters came across him, and this kid looked very primitive, very ancient, but he was really like way far advanced. And it was like the hunter said to the other guy, he was like, "Look at this kid. Like he's so he's so knowledgeable, but he looks so primitive." And then it was like, "How far?" In the future, would it take our civilization to like revert back 
to primitive stuff like all this materialist society, Kardashians, all this bullcrap, Instagram, social media. We don't need it. Mm. How far would we have to go into the future to not have all this stuff and just boom, living off the land again, you know, being very advanced, like all these more utopian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, probably another couple thousand years, right? Easy. Until one of these retards with a nuclear bomb drops them. We're not going to get political on the podcast. Yeah. We're not going to get political here, but we will get into some of that stuff. I'm just saying that could cause it uh, us to revert back to primitive ways. Okay. Well, this technology would be lost at that point. But see, that's more of a forced reversion. Mm. Reversion. Okay. Is that a word? Reversion? I think. You know, I'm thinking just naturally. Going back to primitive, you know, living in teepees and oh. being advanced. Maybe we could start the movement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so advanced reversion. You know <laughs> for the new age of technology. Advanced reversion. Probably there I think, you know, there was just some lost technology and we have no idea. And you know, you can speculate all day, but you know, I don't think we're ever gonna know. Unless, you know, maybe, hell, it was aliens and they come down and, and show us again. Um, again, you know, we get into this, similar pyramids around the world. Uh, this plays into my whole blind elephant theory. You guys familiar? Enlighten the listeners. Okay. So one of my theories is, you know, we've got these pyramids all over the world. And there's this thing called the blind elephant theory. Blind man elephant theory. I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, my philosophy teacher... Um, back at community college told me about this guy was a super hippie really cool guy um he actually sounded exactly like the one guy off ancient aliens you know the guy with the gray hair and goatee that's like these aliens were far more advanced (laughs) and had a vast knowledge of the stars i believe it was extraterrestrial (laughs) he sounded exactly like this guy and so he has this thing it's like so this super like think about religion, okay? How many different religions are there? I'd say at least hundreds. Too many to count. Yeah. So a super intelligent being, a god, so to speak, mm-hmm. comes down and tries to talk to you. How much of it do you think you're gonna understand? Probably not. Little to none. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like this: there's three blind men, and they go up to this elephant. Can we say three blind mice? Sure, three okay. blind mice. And they go up to this elephant, but we're going to keep it at three blind men. Okay. And they uh-huh. go up to this elephant. Elephant's going to be scared of it. Probably not going to talk to him. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. So three blind men go up to this elephant. Uh, one guy touches the uh, the trunk. Another guy touches the leg. One the other guy, guy needs to watch out where he touches. <laughs> one guy a lawsuit on his hand. One guy touches the tail. They all go back. Leg, trunk, tail. Yep. Okay. They all, each one goes back to their own societies. They're from all different cultures. And... The one guy says, you know, this is what an elephant is, and he describes the trunk. Mm. The other guy says, this is what an elephant is. He describes the leg that he touched. The other guy says, this is what an elephant is. He describes the tail. All very different. Sure. So same thing with religion. Maybe with the construction of these pyramids, they say, hey, you know, these super intelligent beings, that's Rob's theory, they're telling us all about this stuff. They've got these different guys from different cultures and they're, or, you know, maybe these aliens, boom, they're fucking zipping all over the earth, telling all these tribesmen how to do this stuff. 
and they're all going to have their different tweaks on it. Hey, yep. build a pyramid, and these guys just have to go out and... Yeah, okay. and that's why, hey, all these pyramids are similar, but, you know, they got their little tweaks, their little mm. differences, and used for different things, apparently. Yeah, like if you look at the Mayan pyramids... Yeah, they're like step pyramids. Still pretty crazy that they were built in that time period, but nonetheless, apparently built by man. Mm-hmm. Now, some say time machine. Pyramid is a time machine? Yeah. Okay. Could have been a time machine. What are we thinking about that? I don't buy that one. Okay. And then the other one. Well, I mean, go into that. Is there any... I mean, it was just honestly on one of the ancient aliens I was watching. They were talking all about how uh, they were talking all about how oh, this time machine had this far advanced technology. You know, you sit in the middle. It's aimed at these two stars. Something with like the power of the Earth. Crystals. Um, yeah, you know, going back in time. Yeah. Robin Big. Yeah. You well, know, we all know from Napoleon Dynamite that crystal time machines don't work. So how about this power plant? Uh, you know, I think this is one of the more solid ones. As we discussed, you know, the whole water running beneath the complex, these giant cells that this guy found, these could have possibly housed the energy, you know, some type of power that we really don't know, you know? I mean, talking this about true. the limestone being white, too, like reflecting sun, I don't know, man. That's. I mean, yeah, why do they want to make shit. this thing so visible? Yeah. Plus all those granite stones found underground. Who knows what they were using those and for? And why different types of stone? Why not just use one stone to make the whole damn thing? Mm. It's something like the granite was hauled from like 500 miles away. Right. And that's some of the heaviest stones used in there. I mean, one of them was like fucking 18 tons. <laughs> 500 miles away? Really? Mm. Come on, Egyptians. <laughs> so, uh, now, this book I was reading, Giza Death Star. So, this sounded pretty interesting. You know, pick, pick this up if you're interested. It's by this guy, Joseph P. Farrell. Um, and, you know, while it's basically a lot of buildup, a lot of stuff I didn't understand. Again, I'm not a mathematician. He does a good job of laying the groundwork for how the pyramid could be seen as a former weapon of mass destruction. So, you know, these, these Egyptians, these pharaohs, this culture, they were obsessed with death. They were obsessed with the afterlife. In yes. the sense that the afterlife is a good thing. It's not a morbid thing how we perceive it today or how like other societies of the time did. Death was something they looked forward to. Afterlife was something they looked forward to. Well, I, guess, I think so there's I mean, still people today that look forward to it. <coughs> Weirdos. <laughs> so you know the pyramids are referred to in some of the ancient texts as quote unquote royal fortress the complex itself bears a striking resemblance to a military compound if you, if you kind of think about it now there's a ton of chapters like basically the whole first uh, three-fourths of the book I'd say is just you know laying his theory on like their advanced math which i you know skimmed through i'm not a mathematician and um stuff like that so there's a few chapters laying out his theory on this ultrasonic drilling which we talked about how they could you know possibly use sound to drill which would um, be far into more efficient than a, di a diamond oh, right yeah oh yeah and um and how sound can be converted into energy and you know in turn used as a weapon and then now this is very interesting he has this account in here. Um, so apparently there's Sumerian accounts um, that say that they, the Sumerians raided the pyramids of Egypt and they smashed these large crystal arrays which were housed in the Grand Gallery. Um, there's these square holes next to the walls 
and all of these crystal arrays were pulsating with different sounds. Um, the Sumerian raiders smashed the crystals, and boom, this technology is lost to time. I'm just saying, I think it's hard to believe that crystals were the things that were helping them out with this. But that goes hand in hand. You know, well, no, no, no. I don't think he's saying the crystals, <laughs> sound crystals were used to build them. He's saying it was built, they put these crystals in it, and they used the sound as like a giant weapon of mass destruction. Okay. You know, ultrasonic sound. That's very scientific. We're not going to get into well, it. Well, clearly they didn't win if the Sumerians came in and Well, this was like long, long after the Egyptian civilization. Okay, okay, okay. And so, yeah, like... um. Basically, this guy, uh, Joseph P. Farrell, he, he agrees a lot with this guy, Graham Hancock. Um, check him out. This is this guy. Um, he basically subscribes to the idea that there were several catastrophic events that wiped out these like very advanced civilizations that existed long before us. Mm. And they're basically just lost to these, uh, you know, catastrophes of um, natural disasters, you know. And I think... Just like the dinosaurs. That's his big theory. <laughs> Just like the dinosaurs. And that's his big theory for, um, you know, how... So the pyramids built by this highly advanced ancient civilization, and then, boom, they were wiped out by some natural disaster. Or, as Farrell says, by their own weapon of mass destruction, and then, boom, all their records, everything they've got is lost to time. And, hey... Maybe these fucking Egyptians are just like, oh, these places look cool. Move right in, use mm. them as tombs, and then that's what we they record their history down as. Hey, these were tombs, da 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 da, da and that's what we. It's the Illuminati, man. Find these them. guys got too advanced; they were too ahead of themselves, and someone had to put them back in their place. Or yeah, aliens wiped them out. Said, hey, mm. fucking with space time, just like. You know, Roswell and the mm. aliens come and land in here, and boom. So basically, this guy, Farrell, his whole... Um, his spiel, if you will. Yeah, his whole spiel, his whole conclusion is basically, you know, he gets into a lot about, like, electromagnetic energy used. Um, you know, this is common paranormal thing. They use electromagnetic energy to find ghosts, you know? Mm -hmm. Electromagnetic energy to find ghosts. Yeah. You know? And uh, so he says, it's chilling indeed to contemplate that the name of supremely the name of the supremely fallen one in the Judeo-Christian tradition is Lucifer, the light bearer, the preternaturally intelligent being whose special knowledge and quote unquote expertise lies, after all, in electromagnetic phenomenon. So this guy's thinking. Satan worshippers? Satanic rituals. Boom, dude. Devil. Fucking Pyramids, light bearer. The occult. Light. I mean, occult is basically unexplained. <laughs> we know every fucking thing about the pyramids is unexplained. <laughs> I had another real quick theory, if I may. Go ahead. About, so, Metroid episode. Mm -hmm. Remember the Chozo we were talking about? Mm -hmm. Organic. So, this is my big theory. This is what I've drawn my conclusions from. I think it was some highly advanced civilization, and they had this far advanced technology, all this organic technology, you know, just like these Chozo guys, it's organic. So when that gets, you know, lost to time, it withers away, boom, it's destroyed, never found again. So then we find it, and we're like, oh, well, they must have used a stone and chisel. 
But no, they probably had something far more advanced, really cool, that we don't even know about. And if we were to find out, we'd just be distracted by the Kardashians. Exactly. This is unreal. Unreal. Any any interesting theories you guys think about all this stuff? I already told you my bit. I think that it's aliens. Rob's 100% not convinced off of that. that it's aliens. Aliens well, came down and, and Let me just say this. If this guy is saying that they're possibility of being satan worshipers if i'm not correct well i don't know net necessarily okay what you're saying. well we're not gonna get into that but <laughs> <laughs> well no you're mishearing me well or i'm just you're saying mishearing these him. are go with your point these predate christianity am i correct correct but if Whoa. you look at ancient egypt religion they start out as polytheistic and transform into this monotheistic one god yeah there is a lord of the underworld and yeah, his I wife. Mean, so, yeah, religion is basically one big clusterfuck because it's like they wrote the Bible and then that's what we go do our time off of. But, I mean, it's like we were saying, Prince of Egypt, Moses, mm-hmm. he's in the Bible. Boom, he was around in the pyramids. So, I mean, a Satan probably far dates the pyramids if he did, in fact, exist. This is true. Teabag, what are you thinking over here? Now, this might be a good place to pause. Are, are you going to get into curses later in the outline? Do you we want to hear your theory. Well, we if we're going to just had to build off that whole... If we're talking about Satan and stuff, like like I said earlier, in Egyptian, you know, the religion, the afterlife is a big deal. Like, they believe the pharaoh oh, went yeah. on. That's the whole reason they built these pyramids. In one theory is for the... Pharaoh to be surrounded by his treasures and go into the afterlife and keep taking care of the people of Egypt. So, like, to even get to the afterlife, the land of the dead, you know, where Lucifer... Book of the dead. Yes, right, right. Now, piggybacking off of that, if I may. Yeah. Um. So, you know, mummies, that's a big thing. They got to preserve them. They got to do these crazy embalming techniques. Everybody has a um, mummy. Some people have two. Yeah. Uh, Peru had mummies. Egypt had mummies. Uh, why? You know, these were preserved. Were these preserved to be resurrected with some type of force or thing that we don't understand? I mean, Walt Disney did it. He had his head frozen. True. So Crystals that he could, bringing people back to life. Exactly. He could be brought back. Maybe the afterlife, quote unquote, that these Egyptians are talking about. I mean, they talk a lot about oh, the afterlife. I'm going to you know go up into the stars. Mm. Boom, maybe they're just going to some freaking utopia space land that we don't know about. I mean, the king's chamber, boom, is pointed at Orion. Maybe it's something with the stars, something Flash with... Flash Gordon. Yeah, something with, boom, bringing him out. <laughs> uh, bringing him with all these space aliens. And he's like, you know, going to... It's like Stargate. You know how it's like the portal mm. and they go to the other... Uh, the other um, I mean, I guess galaxy, if you will. Dimension. Galaxy. I think we all yeah. forgot about under wraps. They resurrect a mummy there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, okay, so yeah, here we go. How about that? In sci-fi, you know, sci-fi Hollywood in general. I mean, the the pyramids come up countless times, and mummies. We got the OG Boris Karloff mummy. We got the '99 mummy with Brendan Fraser. You guys familiar? Oh yeah. With the bugs one, that crawl up inside oh, of people. Flesh Eaters. One yeah. of my favorite movies. Me and um, Garrett Evenson, shout out if he's listening. When we used to run the mile back in elementary school, we pretended it was Egypt falling behind us. <laughs> and boom, we got to escape from the mummy. The big face. Yeah. yeah. Now, the 2017 mummy. 
Tom Cruise? Yeah. Mm. I tried watching it. Couldn't get into it? Unbearable. Yeah. I could not do it. <laughs> I came home and this guy was watching it and I said, Tra- you actually turned this I watched a on? lot of like fiction pyramid movies. Stargate. Seen it? Yes, yes. Familiar. The old fucking Kurt Russell. Yep. Uh, good one. Um, you know, pretty long, but uh, kind of cheesy, but still fun. Yeah. And then, you know, we got the fifth element. They've got uh, um, elements, so to speak, of Egypt in there. Um, the Pyramid. Have you guys seen that? It's, uh, I think it came out like last year. It's like a horror movie about the curse of, um, ah, what was his name? Anubis. Mm. I have Cyrus. not seen it. Uh, well, it's it's stupid. Don't watch it. <laughs> there was a, I also watched a Pinky in the Brain episode called The Mummy. You guys remember that one? Not that one. <laughs> you guys remember the Mummies Alive? From is a cartoon. Oh yeah, I think I do. With the strength of Raw. You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I remember I mean, that. That might have been clip. before me. Um, and you know, as we talked about. But before my time, you guys are older than nah, me. I'm Barely, you dude. Clip, dude. Okay. I guarantee you will recognize it if he shows you. Oh, all right, and then Prince of Egypt, classic. They're still showing again. that in school. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, I did my senior thesis on um, mm. some stuff in the Prince of Egypt. Um, so yeah, now we'll get into you know some real life uh, mummy legends and curses. You know, I thought this stuff was pretty interesting as I was looking up. Uh, some stuff on uh, ancient Egypt, you know. Figured, hell, maybe you guys would like to hear about this stuff too. <laughs> so in, we'll start with the earliest one. In 1699, this guy, Louis Penniker, wrote of a mummy's curse in his book, Treatise on Embalming. He recounted the story of a Pollock. Hey, only we can say that word. <laughs> who had purchased, this guy purchased two mummies from Alexandria. Ooh. Hey, I'd like to buy these mummies. Uh, Two of them, please. (laughs) uh, Presumably this was to study them for medical purposes. Um, And as he was sailing home across the Mediterranean Sea, he began to be haunted by two ghosts who suddenly appeared on the boat. Um, The man acted quickly, throwing the mummies overboard. And as soon as he did this, his visions of the spectral being stopped Boom, as soon as the mummies were cast in the sea, these ghosts go away. Hmm. So there's also the tomb of Kentika Ikiki. Can you try that again? Jesus Christ. Kentika Eheke, right? That sounds a lot better than the first guy. Okay. The tomb of Kentika Eheke. Uh, this was ninth and tenth dynasty. Um, this contained the inscription. Adam, you want to go ahead and read this curse for us? As for all men who shall enter this my tomb, impure, there will be judgment, and end shall be made for him. I shall seize his neck like a bird. I shall cast the fear of myself into him. I got goosebumps just reading Ooh, that, dude. Boom. That's a mummy curse right there. <laughs> now, how do you say, Rob... King so, Tut. King Tut. How do you say his just full keep it name? At that. I just keep it at King Tut. Well, come on, just give it a try there. You did a project on him for school. Don't remember that. Write about a famous African. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna try and read that, dude. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Write about a famous African and that's who you chose. <laughs> King Tut. He's from Africa. King hey. Tutankhamen. Up in Africa, they call him King Kong Gorilla. <laughs> K- 
King Tutankhamen's tomb. Just call him King Tut. All right, when King, okay, when King Tutankhamen's tomb, King Tut's tomb was found, a journalist reported the following inscription near the door. Adam, go ahead and read us that curse. Why does Adam have to read all the curses? That's kind of fucked up. I can't read. He wants the curse to be on me. I I get it. Have you guys ever been to Egypt? That doesn't matter. Yes, far away from the mummy's curse. He's coming here. Yeah. Read that curse. We're going to be haunted by King Tut tonight. Famous African. It's on you. (laughs) Death shall come on swift wings to him who disturbs the peace of the king. There were several mysterious deaths surrounding the opening of Tut's tomb. The first and the most publicized death was of Egyptologist Lord Carnavon. Carnavon. Um, he and Howard Carter opened Tut's tomb. Um, Carnavon died a few months after the discovery from an infected mosquito bite on his cheek. Now, when an autopsy was performed on the pharaoh's body, King Tut, a similar lesion was found on his cheek. Mm. A little spooky. Also, when Carnavern died, all of the lights in his house were rumored to have suddenly blacked out with no explanation. This sounds like a good horror story. Good yes. Movie. Now... I love a good horror flick. Howard Carter. Now, check this out. Also... A lot of this was taken off the internet, so I'm not sure how true it is, but Howard Carter gave his friend Sir Bruce Ingham a paperweight made of a mummified hand with a bracelet with the following inscription. Adam, go ahead and read that one. Cursed be he who moves my body. To him shall come fire, water, and pestilence. Now, again, I'm no archaeologist. I'm no anthropologist. Hmm. Okay. Um, if you tried to give me a mummified hand with a bracelet that said that, <laughs> I don't think I'd accept it. So after, well, how are you gonna know until it gets into your house? Honestly, well, you look at it. You look at it. Say, hey, that's a <laughs> hey, that's a mummified hand. No thanks. <laughs> Use this as a paperweight. Go ahead and take that back. So after Inga received this. this gift, his house burned down. And once he rebuilt it, it was hit by a flood. Talk about a curse. Coincidence? I think not. Yeah. Reminds me of a story, the monkey's claw, monkey's paw, about a cursed monkey paw brought back from Egypt. So apparently the moral of this episode. Monkey's claw or monkey's paw? I think it's paw. Now, were monkeys native to Egypt? Africa. Okay. Famous African. Maybe. (laughs) The moral of the story (laughs) seems to be to not go to Egypt. Or bring things back. Maybe, hey, leave it where it lies. Yes. Yes. As above, so below. Leave no trace. Leave no trace. So in 1972, this is still Tut's curse. This one is boom. This one is long, guys. Boom. The curse strikes again. Uh, Some of the artifacts from King Tut's tomb were sent to a British museum to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the tomb's discovery. Dr. Gamal Merez... Uh, the director of antiques at the museum in Cairo director died. Of antiquities. Um, he died the night after he handled the artifacts that were to be sent to England. Three of the men on the aircraft that shipped the artifacts suffered from heart attacks. One of the men had a heart attack at the same time every year, Ooh. the same day that he flew aboard the plane with the King Tut relics, until one of the heart attacks killed him. We've got this other guy. 
George J. Gold I. Um, he was a visitor of the tomb, and he died after he developed a fever following his visit. Um, this other guy, Prince Ali Kamel Fami Bey of Egypt, died um, in 1923 after he was shot dead by his own wife. And this guy, so Colonel... He was probably trying to steal two female mummies. <laughs> this guy, Colonel... Oh, no, two he, mummies, please. Oh, he rightfully bought those mummies, sir. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> Colonel... What a time to be alive. <laughs> Colonel Aubrey Herbert. Well, um, what do you think it costs to buy a mummy? Like, how much do you have to make to have mummy buying money? Well, that was back in the 1600s, so probably that was like a barter. That's a boss move. And who are you buying these mummies from? From um, Egypt or just from whoever found them? A grave robber, probably. Mm. Mummy broker. Aladdin. Now, uh, Prince Ali. Mm. Now, Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, a radiologist who x-rayed King Tut's mummy, Died in 1924 from a mysterious illness. Everyone's got to die of something. It's not okay, but really the tomb related. was open in 1922. You're telling me all these guys died of this weird shit within, within like year? seven yeah. years? Yeah. Hey. Yep. Have you all seen? I think it's like the the third Exorcist or whatever when they're in Africa and they're in, they're in the pyramid. You all seen that? Yeah, one yeah, yeah. Talking about? When then, he says that's where Lucifer fell. Yeah, yeah. Going yeah, back dude, to Joseph dude. Farrell's. That chick climbs up the wall and says something about fucking her. I was gross. Dude. Me and yeah. Jameson were laughing at that one. Yeah, I, I remember that one. That's a creepy one. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're saying what? Lucifer, hand in hand. Lucifer. Oh, so man, that's I mean... King Tut's curse. Now back to um, more curses. So in 1971, during an excavation in Saqqara, Egyptologist Walter Brian Emery found a small statue of Osiris, who is the Egyptian god of death. Mm -hmm. He took the statue with him to his office in a nearby village. Once at the office, Emery went into the restroom. After a few moments, his assistant began to hear Emery screaming. Uh, he found him clutching the sink's basin, experiencing some kind of trauma. His assistant said that he quote-unquote, stood there as if paralyzed. I grabbed him by the shoulders and dragged him onto the couch. Then I ran for the telephone. This guy, Emery, was diagnosed with paralysis of the right side of his body and was unable to speak, and he died the following day. Sounds a little bit like a stroke. Now, how's that for some Egyptian curses, guys? Mm. Don't, this is just, you know, don't go to Egypt and, and take things. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a you don't fuck with the Pharaoh's tomb. Now, do you think that Bum's book about that? Two of them. You think aliens? Just like the two mummies. Aliens put these curse. So if it was aliens, they uh, somehow are responsible for these crazy curses. They just passed off the liability. Smart man. Somehow or another, maybe the aliens are the Pharaohs. Okay. Now, our just Google it. Um, we're gonna, you know, we're get off the serious stuff, the curses, the death, the macabre, um, <laughs> or just Google it. Check this guy out. German tourist. Uh, he climbed the Great Pyramid of Giza. And just what was his name? Um, I'm not sure of his name, but he is banned from Egypt for life. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> that's the kind of record I want to have. You're banned from entering the country. I mean, just just check out uh, some of the images that he got. I'll post them on the Instagram page, but I mean, Is there, just, just look at this. There, He actually made like a GoPro video. That's badass. What year was this? Do you, are you 
Uh, I mean, this was very recent. Um, oh, okay. His name was Andre Chekaleski. <laughs> Great pronunciation. <laughs> I mean, can you pronounce that? Go for it, you Polak. <laughs> oh, easy there, buddy. Chisleski. Chisleski. Andre Chisleski. Yeah, this guy climbed the pyramids. Check out the picture he got. Pretty badass. So yeah, that's all we got on this one, guys. I mean, what do, anything else we want to say about the pyramids? Basically, um, after all this research, we don't know what the fuck they're for, um, how the fuck they were made. We're not any closer to getting those answers. Um, Rob thinks it was aliens. Um, Teabag over here, what was your final consensus? You know, I just got to go by the book. But I would like to say, man, you know, it just sounds like one of those places they're like, oh, don't go, don't go. But it's like everybody, everything we see, like, makes me want to go there even more. Oh, so, yeah, I definitely want to go there fuck before it, I dude. die. If I'm going out, I'm going out with a curse. Or before somebody fucks it up. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, you know, once we make it big, we're going there first. <laughs> okay. Broadcast. Yep. Yeah, so. Podcast uh, from Giza. <laughs> New studio space, space. Uh, full effect. Um, went, ha- went pretty well. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I like the space. I like the vibe. We're getting the lava lamp in next week. Black lights, the whole nine. And, you know, speaking of Egypt and the pyramids, our boy Jed's coming in next week for the episode. Yes, conceived in Egypt, yeah. that man was. Great lead in to the next episode. Yes. Couldn't uh, think of a better way. Stay tuned. Next episode is going to be a good one, uh, near and dear to my heart. Um, and we're we're cursed by egyptian pharaohs apparently thanks for bearing with us while we moved into the new studio i know it was a while but um finally got got us all in one room put together this episode for you guys um thanks for listening and um stay safe out there guys as always we got stickers got the patches in the works and hit us up on the email podcast from outer space at gmail.com as always ig is podcast from outer space slide in those dms boys or girls real quick before we go we just want to have a moment of silence for our friend rob and his philadelphia flyers and to their season thanks to uh, my boys in pittsburgh but yes yeah, so long and thanks for all the fish guys see Just remember, darling.